All right, we're going to get back to taking everything to the Bible. We've been doing a lot of uh, topical studies as far as uh, the kingdom and stuff like that. Um, and we're still going to keep doing those, but I definitely want to take it back to Scripture too because I know a lot of people are struggling a lot right now, as is most of us are. Today has been an absolute disaster for us. So far, the toilet has flooded down into the basement. The dog ran away. What else? Oh, yeah. Ollie was Ollie was up at like 3.30 this morning. And like she was not in a good mood at first. Yeah. As I'm trying to like recover from this ridiculous migraine and horrible week of not feeling well and all the other things. Yeah. So it was a really good time. Yeah. And then at 3.30. Yeah. So trying to get this podcast right here. Hey, at least you know you don't have to make dinner tonight. Amen. See, and that's going to kind of be the point of this podcast is is trying to find at least you don't have to make dinner. The tonight. encouragement. I know we've been talking a lot. This like, is like our twentieth time of trying to do this podcast, you guys. I'm telling you. Yeah, but we've been talking a lot lately about a lot of issues that just kind of are serious and just kind of blunt and upfront. And uh, I'm not. Well, obviously, I'm not prosperity preacher health and wealth it any in any way at all but if i just named it can i claim it yeah right that's not how that works but at the same time i hate to see uh, believers in the body struggling and getting frustrated there is great encouragement not yeah there there's there's right. a lot of encouragement there's a lot of encouragement in in prayer and reading the scripture and understanding and learning and growing and god there's a ton of encouragement for that, but we have to focus what we consider important and we have to refocus everything and remember that all the blessings and promises from God are blessings and promises if our heart is right, if we're asking for the correct things, if we're not being selfish, if this is... You know, if if these are the just the things that that glorify and honor him that we are asking for, um, you know, that is when the riches he pours out the riches of his blessings and his mercy on us, and he does, and that doesn't come just in the life to come. That come, that that comes right now. I mean. But you have to, sometimes you just have to learn how to be content in the situation that we've been placed in and just find the joy off of our current situation. And sometimes it's hard. Yeah, sometimes the joy is easy to find, right? Right. Like when things are going well and like you're you're getting the places you want to get and you're doing the things you're wanting to do and like things are falling together. It's like, man, I can count everything as joy. This is awesome. But then, like, when everything's falling apart and you have a migraine and the baby's up at 3.30 and then the dog breaks out and then the toilet floods down to the basement and then blah, blah, that you're like, ah, find the joy. A little bit harder. Yeah, those types of things, those are things, man, that we just have to go through. We just have to do it. And we have to do it with the best possible attitude because there's, there's not a thing that we can do about it. We can sit and complain. We can sit and get sad. We can sit and get upset. We can sit and not get anything done. But what does that do? I mean, we just end up sitting up just getting 
bitter and not accomplishing anything and convincing ourselves that we can't do anything as opposed to just saying no, picking ourselves off of the ground and moving forward. And that's ultimately what we have to do. And that's, I think that's kind of just finding comfort in whatever situation that you're in. Like Paul, I mean, he was shipwrecked on an island for a while. So it's like, I imagine that, you know, he he could sit and cry and fuss and throw a fit that he was shipwrecked. Or he could, you know, I don't know, get up and go do stuff. Be like, hey, well, today I'm on this island. This is what's happening today. You know, you saying this made me think we got a comment on YouTube this past week um, when I did our Living by Faith update. So I had to pull it up because it says, uh, love the Living by Faith part. Would you say it's something you stress about or just give it freely to God? Has to be freeing to just walk into every day not knowing how things are going to get done, but knowing that God will see you through. And I said, I would say that nine times out of ten, it is freely giving it to God. But I am human, and some days the stress takes over. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was such an interesting... It's an interesting comment. Comment. And perspective Because you're right, the perspective of that. How freeing. it, And that's why Scripture... I mean, this is literally what Scripture tells us to do. And this is the reason why. Because how freeing it is to wake up every day, walking into the day, and knowing whatever right like whatever you know is most likely going to slap you in the face today but walking into it and knowing that hey man god's got it whatever it is yeah you know what and i mean like you know i think what made people ask well how do you do that or how do you, how do you know like how does that work and honestly that it sounds in our human like in our human thinking and our human way of of going about things it seems insane yeah. that's crazy why would you absolutely do that absolutely nuts yeah how can you do that there's a list of what ifs oh yeah and there's a list of no you can't do it because yep and it sounds insane but then you think like peter thought the same thing walking on water this is insane. I can't, you can't walk on water. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. Like, this is not happening right now. Okay, do you not believe that Christ can't do it for you? Mm-hmm. Do you not believe that you can make it out? You don't trust him. You have little faith. Mm-hmm. Not zero faith, little faith. It was little faith that Peter got out. And stood on the water for a second? Oh, yeah. It wasn't no faith. Mm-hmm. Zero faith. It wasn't like he was faithful. Yeah, because if there was none, he'd be like, yeah, you're nuts. I'm not doing that. It was little faith. And what does Jesus ask him? He asks him, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt that I can do this? I called you. I called you out here. I feel like Stephen Furtick because I've done these dang theology refs. It, it was funny because we were actually talking. We were just talking about this very story. But I, well, not this story because this was, I guess, the, um, the, on the theology refs, we did the demon possessed man, which is Mark Fott. But yeah. um, this one, Jesus called Peter out on a storm to do something. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a, a hard time not turning mm-hmm. into verdict. So anyway, he called him out on the story. I mean, he wouldn't have called him if he wasn't right there with him. Yep. And he could do it. And that applies to directly applies to our lives. 
-hmm. No, we can't walk on water, of course, but we can learn from the story. We can learn that um, why would you doubt? What, you don't believe that he, you could walk on water? Meaning you could, this this could happen. He will do this for you. What makes you believe that he wouldn't or can't? Then we go, well, no, God doesn't work crazily, supernaturally like these Bethel people believe that he works. But he also does interact with us in the in very, very obvious ways in our world and does do things like that. He just doesn't show up with a southern accent and tell you things you can write down in your notebook. Heather. And I'm telling you, yes, no, it's it, it's it's somewhat like how you you described it the best. Some days it's so enjoyably freeing and it's just so fun and it feels so blessed and then other days it's terrifying. But it's about remembering in those terrifying days that those are the days that you're on the that you're on the scene on the storm that you're like, man, I'm I'm sinking here. I know, shush, you're smiling over my verdict stuff here, but this that that's literally a, I mean that's an application of what that story does mean. <laughs> I mean it really no. it really does mean that. Um, next, am I going to be the pigs? Am I going to be the ship? Like, yeah, right. Next? No, but, you guys have to listen I mean, to Theology Refs. Yeah. You guys can catch on to all that. That but. story does mean that. That's a very, very applicable example to to the situation is our faith and believing that Christ can do. Th There's way more to that story, but so I, I'm taking this little part out of it. It's a little, but still. These are the things that he can and will do. And I think that we are proof that we are, you know, we have many times just went ahead and taken that walk and not looked back and just said, well, I don't know how this is working, but it's working. No Let's idea. go. I don't oh, I am know. Still standing I, on this I don't water, know how but... it's still, how I haven't sunk yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to smile and I'm going to go, yep, I can do this. Yep. I can do this until I can't. And those moments that you can't, those are usually the moments that it lightens up a bit. Usually, not always. Sometimes you get stretched even further. But then after that, it lightens up. These are just, I mean, you could tell, just take them, they're tests. They don't last forever. They take a while and they strengthen you. So when you go through the next test, it won't be as hard. I kind of had to remind you of that recently. I'm just like, look... Anything in our lives now is so far out of our control. And believe me, there's a lot of struggles. But everything that we have right now is so far out of our control with being able to do anything about. We literally have no other choice but to give that up to God. But also, that's what you're, that's what you're told to do regardless when these things. Because, yes, he does care about your small problems like this. Yes, he does. A podcast to help other people why are you saying all the things to me that like i was needing to hear i don't know but maybe this helps other people too isn't that crazy though <laughs> like i thought i'm just here pushing a button like you're not talking to me and now you're saying all these things and i'm like man i'm like feeling this in my soul right now gosh okay continue well maybe somebody hopefully somebody else is feeling it 
it's just weird because you know like you know how people say the thing like or the memes you see where the guys like got crazy face on it's like when you go to church and it's like the pastor speaking right to you yeah you're like oh yeah like okay well when we do these like you're doing whatever and talking to people and i'm just here clicking buttons and making the computer run and then you're saying stuff and i'm like ah totally needed to hear that right now anyways continue on keep telling me things apparently what was i telling you right then at the moment Remember now. Yeah, I just ruined it. You did just ruin it. What, were, what was I telling you? About trusting God and how he's got it and taking you through all of the things and giving it all to him. And you're going to tie this into Philippians, I'm sure. I will tie it into Philippians. Yeah, I mean, but there's... Seriously, there is no... There's no other choice, I think, that we have. But yes, we're, he wants us to give those things to him those are the things that he asks of us and he does care about our everyday lives you know no the bible we can't make the bible fit our agendas and our motives and and make it say what it what we think that it says so it can't be like yay girl boss right it can't be it can't be personally applied to you in every single situation and all of a sudden that you can do everything we'll go through that all of a sudden because christ Christ strengthens you here in Philippians that that you can do anything. It's like, well, no, that's not always the case. Um, You know, but at the same time, he gives us a promise of being able to carry us through these even just small things that he's dealing with. I mean, giving us the examples of the apostles and why do you think that they had the struggles that they did like in because in second corinthians 1 9 paul says that we were we you know they they had felt that they were he despaired of life itself is what he says like what does that mean what do you think that that means despair Nothing of life itself. Yeah. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. That means that he wanted to die. He was done. He was like, I just kill me. Like despaired of life itself is pretty serious. Um, but what was it for? But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So sometimes we go to these places that we don't think that we can go to just so we will break down and turn to God. And he's like, oh, okay, that's what you needed to do. You were so concerned about your own way, your own thoughts, your own, how are you going to do this, that you refuse to rely on what I will do for you. So, I think Philippians, going through Philippians again is kind of necessary because it's actually kind of a more... um, happy and i don't want to say happy i guess upbeat there you go more upbeat book compared to 
Paul's other letters, right? He, he they're pretty, he's pretty angry at some of the early church and pretty serious in some of his writings in his other letters. But Philippians <clears throat> ends up being one of his most tender letters here, the most promising letters. But it's funny because his trip to Philippi was not, it was probably one of his worst points of his life. So it's funny that this letter would be one of the, you know, most upbeat kind of, you know, just in-depth letter. And uh, it was probably one of his worst life experiences that he had, just like we read. Or just like you can go reading back in Corinthians when they despaired of life itself. So, I mean, it's, it's, that's around that, you know, it's the same type of thing that they were experiencing in Philippi, yet uh, it's a it's a beautiful letter, and hopefully it gives encouragement to those of us who have had some some rough times recently, just to get through our our basic struggles. Granted, Paul dealt with some very very serious opposition here and some very serious tribulation, but. Too often we try to compare ourselves and we say, well, I don't have struggles because they had worse struggles. That's not true. Um, it, it can be. We don't want to sit and wallow in pity because that's when you're like, "What? why are you crying? There's 20 people that have it worse than you do. You should just shush. However, that doesn't make any of your struggles any less. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't care about your struggles any less. That's that's a ridiculous part of our society that we need to unlearn because, yes, some people are dramatic and some people are drama queens and, and whatever you want to call it. And there However, is always somebody who has it worse There is. I know plenty always. of, we all know plenty of people like that. However, I think even those people need to be listened to in a certain way yeah. because they're obviously, they are, they're searching for something, right? Yeah. So they, they have a... They have a place, but at the same time, their struggles mean just as much as yours do. So, in yours versus some person in China, just because you're not the the same, that does not mean that yours are less. That does not mean that your tears are any less real than somebody else's. Well, but look at it so, with our own children, right? So, if my older kids have some like more serious thing that happens and they're upset, I'm going to comfort them. Well, if our toddler is upset because she pinched her finger trying to shut the thing like i'm going to go comfort her yeah sure. she's gonna be fine it's not that big of a deal she's gonna forget about it in five minutes but does that mean that we just like ugh, you're oh. it wasn't that bad so just get over exactly yourself. yeah no it like, doesn't it doesn't hurting. do that and and our father cares about us and i've made that analogy many times that he, he cares about us so much even here and now, I mean, he cared about us enough to fully reconcile himself to us, as, to us humans, to, to this, this creation that he created that, was, that we willfully destroyed. He gave himself, a piece of himself and reconciled everything back to him for so you know there there's there's a sense of yes your father cares about you yes this Absolutely. the creator of the known everything 
cares about you and cares about your tears and cares about your problems. And and wants you to give them to him just like he tells you. Sure. But again, it's all it's all in focus because you can't be sitting here with worldly problems and go cry to him with worldly problems. Mm-hmm. You know, so are you crying because people are gossiping about you and your family? Because you're maybe involved in something that you shouldn't be in something. You know, I don't know the particular story. I'm not going to sit here and be and and make rules or, or um, you know, paint a picture of what it looks like to do this. But, but I if think you're living in direct opposition to God's word and things aren't going well, well, that those are the things that it's like, you guys, come on, let's be for real here. We need to... God's word is very, very clear, and you're probably going to have struggles and issues that you're kind of the root cause of when it comes to Okay, again, and now this example doesn't go across every single person, believe me, because I know plenty of single mothers or mothers that have been trapped in a horrible situation where their husbands have or their husbands have left them and they made no other. So this does not indicate that at all. And those people, even though they did write... They're still struggling because of that. And there's no justice in that. And I'm not justifying that. However, most of the time, worldly problems you will see is like when you see somebody that's got like six kids with six different baby daddies. And they're sitting there and they've got all kinds of problems. Like you'll see, you know, they're, they're, he cheated on her and he oh, like. And the custody uh, issues. Oh, my gosh. And all the emotional issues. Oh, my yeah, gosh. And awful. you're like, that's worldly problems. Yeah. Like God you know, if you're going to come to him humbly and say, look, I'm going to give you all of my worldly problems and give this all to you. I, I want to turn from this and repent of this way. I did these wrong, you know, okay. Then he, then that's one thing. But people, I'm talking about these worldly problems that continue in these worldly problems that pay no yeah. attention to God or anything else. But it's just, it's just these worldly issues. Like, why are you having these issues? Again, I know plenty of people right now, and I can think of I can think of a couple people specifically that I know that are listening. And you guys are not even close to what I'm talking about, but you guys know who I'm talking about because we all know those people or know, you know. Yeah, they want to live. You've got in a whole bunch opposition. in your family. Yeah, they want to live I've in got, direct opposition to God's word, and right. just they're blown away that their life keeps falling apart and everything's so difficult. And it's like, well, because you're living in direct opposition to God's word. Right. However, there's true heartbreak out there, like absolutely a spouse, children that don't know the way, that refuse the way, that are caught up in the world, you know, that are caught up in all these different things like that. You as a believer, your heart and your intercession for that person, that means the world to God. And that's exact. and that's where a lot of pain and a lot of these things stem is usually it's, it's, you know, a spouse or children or anything like that. And I mean, that's a true prayer because that's your heart. But Heidi just kind of um, pointed out to me that this introduction has been almost close to a half an hour. So I do apologize. We're going to go ahead and put in the description that if you don't want to listen to my introduction, we can just go ahead and start with Philippians study now. I'm going to work this into it, though. Let's go to, obviously, we, we always say to go to your Bibles if you want to 
if you want to learn, if you want to feel better, if you want to figure things out, right? And a lot of times we don't. Sometimes we just look and search and we don't know where to find things. But I think Philippians is a perfect book for anybody that's struggling right now, especially with this. So with that, we're going to do, I don't know, let's see how many we got through here. So we'll start in verse 1, in chapter 1. Hopefully you have your Bible out after my half-hour intro. Go get it now. You had plenty of time to get it together if you didn't. Yep. (laughs) And then pause right now and pray before you read this and before you do this. Verse 1. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Okay, so this is a letter, right, that you can understand. is like this is, this is kind of a universal letter to the Christian church. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, make my request for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you. For you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. So right there... I mean, he is, Paul is praying for us to keep growing in knowledge and understanding of Christ. Okay, because he wants us to understand what really matters, what really matters in this life. Let's change our focus and look at the things that matter. Now, our, whether it's our, our, our spouses, our children, helping people, living, being a light, but, you know, not screen time and you know all these activities and everything that the world tells us to do that's just trivial it doesn't get us anywhere it doesn't do anything for us it doesn't feed us the world tries to naturally split us split us apart whether it be you know the man and wife with the children i mean we're all we're all focused in going to one direction. We get rid of the kids. We get rid of the husband. We get rid of the wife. That's just the way that the world works. And that's not the way that that we live and we work. And, you know, we live as if, you know, we could either die immediately or if Christ would come back right now that's how we are to live which it changes your focus so if i knew that i was going to die that by the end of the day today i would spend time with my wife my family 
I would make sure all my loose ends were tied up, right? These are all the things that I would be serving people. This is the way that we should live our lives all the time. This is the way that, that we are called to live our lives until the day of Christ's return because we must be filled with the fruit of our salvation and the righteous character produced in our life by Christ. It's a righteous character. These things produce a character, a stand-up character that looks completely different from the rest of the world. And our cares are about things that that look unique to most people. They say, wow, instead of being concerned about what the world thinks in your career and your motives, here you're concerned about your family and your future with with serving and in these types of care so not from the world because a righteous character produced by Christ is completely opposite of the world like I've said before it's oil and water continuing on in verse 12 and I want you to know my dear brothers and sisters that everything that has happened to me here has helped me spread the good news for everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. He was in prison. There's not really a whole lot of worse situations to be. I mean, can you think of any? I mean, some people are like, hey, well, you know what? You wouldn't have to pay bills. You don't have to. Yeah, come on. It's a lot worse than, than we make it out to be prison is not a fun thing that you want to go to but this is something that paul found that he was in chains for christ and he's like you know what because of my imprisonment i can do more work and i can do better more fruitful more meaningful work because of the situation that i'm placed in were you going to say something what I thought you were going to say something. I thought of something, but it was stupid and completely off track. So I said, <laughs> shut up, Heidi. Stop saying these things. She muted herself. I did. All right. Well, good. Your brother would be so proud of you. <laughs> I mean, that's, I'll probably still tell you afterwards, but it's really funny. All right. That's an inside joke. Did I say something? What? Oh, no. You said it was off track. Yeah, it's off track. Continue yeah. on. I gotcha. So Paul being being happy with the situation that he's placed in, even though it's not a great situation. Verse 15, it's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, rivalry, but others preach Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as, as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely intending to make my chains more painful to me. But that doesn't matter whether the motives are false or genuine. The message about Christ being is being preached either way. So I rejoice and will continue to rejoice. Um, these teachers that he's talking about here, they they had some sort of thing against Paul, and they were they just kind of had some vendetta against it, him for some reason. So their teaching wasn't false. But they definitely weren't fans of Paul, and they made that known. And 
that's that's what he's talking about here. And he's like, look, I don't care what they say about me. They're talking the truth about Christ, so whatever. <laughs> you know. And I think that's a great attitude to have in our Christian life too. I mean, a lot of times, you know, people disagree with us and sometimes even so much so that you'll play catty little games, but um, you know, at the end of the day if you're both serving Christ and it you know, it all points to him, whatever, it doesn't matter. At least Christ is being preached. I don't care how they feel about me. All right, verse 20. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. Paul here, this is great encouragement for us too because he fully expects and hopes that he will never be ashamed. And that he will always be able to be bold and be able to do this for Christ. So even we, you know, we have a bad habit of holding these apostles and these people up as, you know, higher than us. And now they're just like us. And Paul needed prayer for strength as well too. And he had self doubt. He had confidence issues. Whether or not he could preach bold like he should. It's hard to preach in opposition, especially when you're saying things that aren't popular to everybody else. And especially in his sense that, you know, he's getting beaten. He's going against people that he grew up with, you know, that he um, that he went to, to school with and he was a Hebrew of all Hebrews with, you know, going against that and... and you know, being made a spectacle in a lot of different places that he went, you know, this is, it was, it was really, really difficult and really trying on him. And it was hard for him to get by his day by day a lot. Um, so he needed the help from the body too. He expected to, right? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm the, the flesh is weak, but the spirit's willing. I'm going to do it. I'm probably going to mess up on the way, but my intent is to do it even if I do mess up. Uh, but even he needed that prayer for strength and that, you know, having that, that confidence of saying, you know, I need to just hope that I'll be able to just um, make the right decisions and remain faithful and move forward and be able to speak boldly for Christ and not shy away from it. I'll read verse 20 again. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I'm convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he's doing through me. <coughs> so that's what I love. Paul. It's far better to go be with Christ. So I'm torn though, because I know that I can do some work here, but I'd much rather go be with Christ. Uh, but 
he ultimately decides, which we all do. This is the part where we suck it up. We go, okay, well, not today. And we just move forward and we just, just keep going because today's not our day. So he knew, Paul knew here in verse 25 that he was going to remain alive so he can continue to help all of us grow and experience the joy of our faith. So there's joy in our faith in Christ. There's joy in this life, in this promise, in in the things that we have here and now. Um, and that's what that's what Paul is doing here. That's what his point is here. Is just wanting them to experience the joy and the peace of Christ, and that, and it's definitely. Um, Definitely how I've been feeling personally, especially for our um, church body that we have here. Um, my heart pours out to a lot of you. They're going through a lot of hard times right now. It pours out and, you know, I just, I just pray that you all continue to stay strong because, you know, and just grow and experience because there's so much joy and peace that comes in this a mature faith you just have to learn how to to weather the storms first and and realize that the storms aren't going to go away but you just have to learn how to st stand tall in them and not sink um, notice here continuing on in verse 27 Paul says above all most importantly Pay attention, Christians, people that follow Christ, because this is what's really important. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. We're going to close it off here and end on probably the most important part of this whole chapter here. And my point, and Paul says that we are in this struggle together. You've seen my struggle in the past and you know that I'm still in the midst for it. But right above it though, we have given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. It is a, it is a, privilege and if you can change your perspective and think that the the sufferings that you have today and focus them and change them to just joy and saying you know what lord i am i am in a lot of pain today mm -hmm. and i am in this pain glorifying you being assigned to my enemies that they are going to be destroyed because there's nothing that this world 
nothing that this life, nothing that even this flesh can throw at me that's going to tear you from the love of God, no matter what. And don't be intimidated. Don't be scared. Don't shy away. You have to stand tall in it. A lot of times that's just swallowing it, biting the bullet, and moving forward. But we are all in this struggle together. True believers will have this struggle. But remember, let's change our perspective a little bit and realize that it's privilege for suffering for him. If we are truly suffering for him. Said just because your suffering may not be being tortured in some god awful country, but maybe you have spouse issues, spouse pain, child, child pain, you know, you're whatever sick, you're you hurt, your struggle, whatever. you're sick, you're, yeah, the, any, any struggle, anything like that, um, anything. We just stand tall in it. Realize that a lot of these, and especially if you're maligned and said, if people are making fun of you for your faith, you know, are discarding you because of your faith, these are the things that we have the privilege of doing. Because look at what, look at what all they did to Christ. We went, we went through the book of John. In our Bible study, we see that they purposely humiliated him, said things about I mean And Paul's calling it a privilege to This is a privilege. Yeah. Do we treat it as such? Do we treat it? So that's my question. It's forgive me for the long intro to Philippians, but I hope we can just encourage each other with this type of thing and realizing that let's just let's just change our perspective and let's find out what really truly matters let's start ridding our lives of cancers that were not necessary let's stop being slaves to sin that that's passed sometimes that that's you know sometimes you have to stand there and be like why am I doing this? Why am I involved in this? And a lot of times you'll either walk away from it or you'll be just, or you'll learn that you're holding yourself to it and you'll adjust it. But, um, you know, I, I hope that we can just encourage each other. I hope that we all can have a little bit better of, of a week and we will be back, just jump right into, I probably won't have such a long intro, but hey, we're just going to go through Philippians again for the heck of it. I know I've done it recently, but I think the Lord just really put this message on my heart earlier. I've, you know, I had a bleeding heart this morning. I just feel so bad for all of you guys. Uh, you know, loss of jobs, spouses, just stupid little life problems. I wish I could fix them all. I can't. But what I can do is just give you any, some encouragement through this.